Welcome back to the Remake Hot Take podcast, the show where we play studio executives pitching remake ideas of our favorite and new media. I'm Maria Schwarz. And I'm Brooke Reese. And this week we are doing Scott Pilgrim versus the World. Canada um, part two. <laughs> Um, it's, it made in 2010, right? Set nine years after turning red in the same Toronto, Canada. Yeah. (laughs) We've been on a real Toronto kick lately. (laughs) How much is going to happen to this one community? (laughs) How much could they withstand? (laughs) Also about music too. (laughs) I did feel like there were echoes. Like there was that one moment when young neil turned to knives and was like hey remember the the red panda incident of (laughs) oh one yeah they they snuck it in there even though you know diegetically in the (laughs) in the sorcerer witch universe of (laughs) pixar um that movie had not been created yet but yeah i did love the throwback because it wasn't created yet because they hadn't bought the story rights, but it had already happened. It had happened. That's true. That's true. Based on a true story. So, mm-hmm. yeah, they were still reeling from that. Like, their their big thing was, like, you know, we're going to be in the Battle of the Bands to hopefully tour with Four Town. Exactly. Um, and and- <laughs> they had to play at all these, like, really kind of shitty locations because mm-hmm. the Superdome 10 years later, still in ruins. Still, yeah. The, the little panda meter for how much they had, they're they're not even towards the head yet. They're still they're still deep in the tail mm-hmm. with what they're shading in. Um, so yeah, if you're if you're here in the remake hot take universe, <laughs> um, we covered we covered Disney Pixar's turning red last weekend. I guess we just couldn't get enough of the Toronto music scene. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, but I think this was my suggestion, I think, from yeah. um, they. So I had never seen Scott Pilgrim, but they are making an anime version of it, which everyone on Twitter and surrounding social medias <laughs> was very excited about um, coming up on. I don't know when the anime version is supposed to be released but you know it's 13 years old now and um the movie is and it's based on a set of graphic novels right mm-hmm. um scott pilgrim versus the world set of graphic novels so yeah i had never seen it and then i was texting in the in the girl group chat and one of my friends friend of the show we may say um michaela who's been on here before for the stranger things episode um, she was like, oh, my God, you have to see that. It's like apparently one of her favorite movies. Um, so I watched it with her this past um, actually like a week ago. Um, and yeah. And had you seen Scott Pilgrim before, Maria? Yes, ma'am. OK. <laughs> and- I had seen it in college. OK. And why don't we run through our initial thoughts, feelings, observations on this movie? I think initial thoughts, like when I saw it in college, um, I was young, I was naive. <laughs> um, and what year of college? Probably like sophomore or junior year. I don't think it was okay. a senior year, but I was stressed out 
So that doesn't really <laughs> rule out many years. No. But um, <laughs> all of them just got ticked off. Um, from a technical perspective, I would say that this film is a masterpiece mm-hmm. in regards to genre bending with like the comic book video game aesthetic sitcom is in there at some points um and like cinematography wise the way that scenes go into each other um but I think all of that is a distraction from the point that like the story isn't fantastic so when I'm thinking about it from like a story perspective um this time I was like Ooh, (laughs) would we do that today? So that's why I'm interested in like, is the anime going to be better? I don't know. What were your thoughts, Brooke? (laughs) Um, Well, I would say that's a fair assessment. Um, I would say it does a lot of fun things, like you said, kind of like a master of its craft when it comes to fun and interesting things that you can do with the film medium, Um, which I feel like we honestly don't get that many movies anymore um would you call this like i mean it's you know we're touching on superhero territory but it felt more like a like middle level budget kind of very fun film um with a lot of like stars who i think really took off like right around that time period um or Mm -hmm. shortly thereafter um but yeah story wise or maybe more so like humor wise this isn't it, i had fun but it's not quite my sense of humor That's it's fair. it's there um and there were definitely a ton of moments that i really loved and thought were really funny and like jotted them down to just mention on the pod um i also walked into this not knowing at all what to expect i didn't know that it was based on graphic you thought novels. it was a thanksgiving story <laughs> well i didn't know what it was i thought it was like some well at its essence it is about some loser kid <laughs> michael Sarah, which that's kind of what he always plays is this like meek kind of loser do you think um, he, that's going to be his character in barbie yeah he <laughs> is in barbie isn't he like is he alan or something alan. <laughs> yeah He's Alan Barbie. I mean, looks like he's going to be a sidekick, but that's kind of like his shtick, especially for like the the early to mid 2000s era. Um, it Like at its essence, it is about like a loser that somehow is pulling these chicks. Um, but I he did I not did, deserve Kim. <laughs> that did not deserve. No, justice for knives. Um, but I I did not know that there were going to be superpowers involved. <laughs> so <laughs> the first the first uh, dance battle, Matthew yeah. Patel, I think, um, that one threw me off guard a little. <laughs> I was like, oh, what's happening here? Um, and I think that, like I said, just the sense of humor, I can appreciate it for being really funny. And I think it is a movie that holds up in its you know elements not not in its plot line but <laughs> not in its more problematic moments but in its um in its use of film in a really fun way um that we don't see a lot today so some of the jokes felt like they were inside jokes that i didn't know <laughs> which is why i was like I I was missing parts of this. Like young <laughs> Neil, why is he young? It felt like the Chris R thing from the room. 
I thought it was like a play on Neil Young. Oh. <laughs> I did is it know. is it not? I thought it was like a, a very obvious I was just like how dumb joke. How long has he been young Neil? <laughs> when at what age and what height will he become when does old he transition? Neil? Yeah. <laughs> um yeah, once he's a little bit older, but I thought it was just a play on like Neil Young. Um, I I, it, it felt like a lot of the jokes were jokes that like I would write <laughs> for like like and and I don't think I'm like the best comedian. But if you were like to for- like if you were to force me to sit in a room for like a screenwriting class, those are the jokes that I would come up with, and they're like funny on paper <laughs> and they're funny in action too. But the way I, that you started out by saying it isn't my kind of humor, <laughs> and then you ended up saying this is exactly the kind of comedy. No, no, no. Let me clarify. This is the kind of humor I would write, but this is not the kind of humor I would laugh at. <laughs> this okay. is the kind of humor I would write, like in desperation of filling up space in a screenwriting class, that people would be like, that is funny, but that's like not what would make me laugh. You know, like I can't laugh at my own jokes. <laughs> like it felt too close to home. <laughs> you laugh at your own jokes all the time. I know because <laughs> I edit the podcast. No, I just constantly laugh. I'm a laugh talker. I've noticed that too in podcast. Like right now, I just did it. Oh. <laughs> I we just saw it here first, folks. We found it here, but. I don't know how to explain it other than like I wasn't slapping my knee at any time <laughs> with the with the humor here but I know that people love and adore this film um and I can appreciate it for for what it is and there were a lot of very funny moments just the overall like shtick doesn't really like do it for me if that mm-hmm. makes sense That makes sense Okay. <laughs> so let's get into it. Okay. Um, first off, uh the dating a high schooler is creepy. Like a twenty-two year old dating a seventeen year old, like he's out of college and they're just like, What are you doing? But that's like the only complaint he gets, really, which I don't know. I don't know if that would be seen as like grooming or predatory behavior <laughs> now. I don't yeah I mean I think it's like obvious that they were on the side of him not being good for being in this relationship like everyone around him like you said is saying like this isn't a good idea I think it's like mitigated a little bit by the fact that they don't seem to have a real relationship um everyone calls it like a fake relationship and I mean, it's still inappropriate at its core, obviously, but, you know, this is Canada. I don't know what they do up there, (laughs) (laughs) but um, they do make go to great lengths to make it seem like they are not having any sexual relations Mm -hmm. (laughs) with a woman. Um, It seems like, you know, he says like, oh, she's not allowed after dark, so we're not really dating. And then. Wallace is kind of like the gay voice of reason. <laughs> and he's like, um, what would you call it then? A play date? And he's like, no, that sounds even worse. Um, so, yeah, they seem to have like a very innocent relationship as far as like not much 
contact but mm-hmm. yeah I think it's I just would- like the fact that he's essentially it sounds like he's essentially having kind of a midlife crisis like yeah. he's looking for work and he's not really sure what's going on and so she becomes just like kind of a plot point um and I think I just in general do not enjoy Scott Pilgrim as a person and he's kind of phrased as like the good guy that Ramona needs and I just I don't think he's a good guy he's kind of creepy he slut shames her at points where he's (laughs) like who in this room haven't you slept with I don't think he's a good guy and I think the whole concept of like this girl has been with everyone. She needs a nice guy to help her settle down mm. is bullshit. And I think how they phrase Scott's exes, like you have Knives who's completely destroyed by this relationship, but like that almost makes sense because of like her young naivete. Um, mm. But then like Kim, she basically has no no personality except being like this broken shell from their relationship and like Scott is such a bland person (laughs) that like and I know nothing about like psychology so maybe you can speak to this um but I don't think that being broken up with by Scott Pilgrim would do anything damaging to the human psyche I really (laughs) don't I don't think he's like he's not he's not a hot commodity and I think that was also the thing where it's like they were dealing with very serious things towards the end, especially the whole idea that like Ramona is controlled by this Gideon mm-hmm. guy and it gets into like abusive partners. Um, and instead it's like Scott is fighting Gideon for himself, but really I don't understand why he's the main character. Like Ramona is so weird in the sense that like, she is only empowering when it's quirky to be empowering. Mm -hmm. Like when she's like, oh, I just decided I don't want to have sex right now. That should be normalized. We love Ramona for that. But other times she's like the damsel in distress because they're trying to play both sides of like, she's quirky. She's the manic pixie dream girl. Mm -hmm. But also she needs a strong man to take care of her, which I really don't enjoy. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I feel like it should have been her story. It's all about like all these ex-boyfriends who won't let her go and her past haunting her. And the fact that it ends up being about this white, lanky guy with no personality upsets me. Yeah. And I think the I think the film, at least for a small portion, is in they agree with you for the fact that this guy is a loser. And I think like I mean if I were to make like a very serious remake, I think that Scott should not end up with Ramona at the end. Mm-hmm. Um he shouldn't end up with anyone. I read that I think in the graphic novels and in the original like cut of the film he ends up with knives in the end and Ramona goes off and then at the knives is the only like female character who doesn't end up flat in the end yeah so love her she should Um, not be with Scott I would not wish that on my worst enemy no like Wallace says she deserves way better and she Mm -hmm. should run (laughs) from him um so I think like from all those hints like the movie for the most part agrees that he is a loser 
But they give him this redemption arc, like you said, at the end where he like from my understanding of the film, like he's a loser. Everyone's in on the joke that he's a loser. And then with like the power of what is it like the power of self-respect or something? Yeah. He he like, uh you know, he gets a, a second chance at life. He gets a, a, a new life in the video game and he comes back and he like makes peace with these women that he's wronged a little bit by you know telling them the truth about sleeping or like sleeping with Ramona when he was still dating knives and he he tried tries to have this or the film tries to give him this like redemption arc but yeah I agree with you I think he should (laughs) he should have not been given that opportunity at the end Mm -hmm. because I think the thing is is like he's not necessarily a loser he's also like borderline predatory and a slut shamer so I don't think like the whole like I finally need a nice guy he's not a nice guy and maybe that's the point Mm -hmm. is that there is no true nice guy because all men are evil um (laughs) at their core um maybe that's the point but yeah I agree that he shouldn't have ended up with her in the end because she can do better. Also, she can do better. And once she's... you hit Chris Evans, you should stop. <laughs> no, but Chris, Chris Evans with that like facial hair and the makeup that they put on him. Oh my god, like that's my that's my man. That's my baby. <laughs> and seeing him in that context, I was like, Ugh. would you go from Chris Evans to Michael Sarah? No. Well, <laughs> See, see, the thing about Michael Sarah is that he has to have a good personality <laughs> to back up all of the actions that he's done and his like nothing against Michael Sarah as a person or like guys that have the Michael Sarah like physique, but he is like purposefully like this like mopey, dopey, meek looking dude in like every film that he does. Yeah. Um, and you have to have like a charismatic personality to to back that up. <laughs> but he does not in this film. Like you said, he makes all of these mistakes time and again. And I mean, yeah, I mean, predatory. I don't know if it dives super into that with knives, just given like obviously at its at its essence, 17 years old, 22 years old, not good. Definitely. I just would feel be- like knives right now in like the era of me too has a cryptic tweet out there about being 17 years old and there's a part of herself she left in toronto that will never come back i just know that she has like subtweeted him today (laughs) oh yeah he's on a reddit thread for sure as he should be but i feel like we all know guys like that who are college but I don't want to make movies about them. <laughs> no, you don't. But <laughs> this guy's got superpowers. <laughs> um, but yeah, we all know guys that are just out of college. And the reason that they have to go for younger women is that women their age can see them for what they are. <laughs> this is a PSA, ladies. <laughs> um, if a 22-year-old is trying to date you when you're still in high school, you're still doing like geography with like mr smith um it's not because you're special (laughs) it's because he's relying on you being naive and a little bit dumb so he can Mm -hmm. take advantage of you um but yeah 
Wallace is like probably my favorite character. Oh my I- god, I love Wallace and the fact that he can continues to like communicate with the sister in the, yeah in in his sleep. I also do oh, really so- relate to the fact that they share a bed in college. My roommate Maggie. For some reason, whenever we met anyone, she would always introduce herself as, and I'm Maggie, the person who sleeps right next to Maria. And so a lot of people, I think, thought that we shared a bed. When in like, reality, what a beautiful couple. <laughs> we, we slept in two separate twin beds. So oh yeah, we're, we're Wallace. I love him. What is it? It's Kieran Culkin? Kieran? Culkin? Yeah. Is he... The succession Culkin? Yeah. Yeah. He's great. <laughs> Love him so much. What you were saying, the Love and Epo baby. <laughs> Love him. And all of his actor siblings. Um, but I yeah, like you had mentioned when he's texting completely passed out just in his sleep to the sister, played by Anna Kendrick. That's one of my favorite parts. Um, and then when my other favorite part, if we're just talking about favorite bits real quick, um, the vegan police, I did appreciate mm-hmm. that's like, that's the, well, I was going to say that's the perfect amount of cheese, but for the vegan police, that's the perfect amount of vegan cheese. <laughs> um, but I, I thought that was a really funny bit. And then I think I, my favorite line in the movie is, didn't you know? Todd's a vegan. Yeah, I was going <laughs> to mention Brie Larson's like voice Incredible. that she puts on. <laughs> Didn't you know Todd's a vegan? <laughs> like, I think she should do more music. She only has one album, finally out of PE. Yeah, she. I think I saw her throughout quarantine. She would post little snippets of her playing. I saw her during quarantine. <laughs> I was yeah, actually what? quarantining with Brie Larson. <laughs> it was a real happenstance. We both <laughs> happened to be inside of her LA apartment. And then, you know, we got the text, COVID hit. We just had to shack up there for a little <laughs> bit. Um, but I saw her Instagrams more throughout quarantine. And she was like jamming out on the guitar. Because my because Michaela was like, is that really her voice? And I was like, I think so. Because she, she sings in... Um, on her Instagram too but um, my favorite bit was when Knives comes knocking on the door and she's like on the phone and she's like oh is Scott here and he flies <laughs> through the window <laughs> and then Wallace says he just left <laughs> and she's like oh okay um, but yeah those are some of my best bits I liked the the idea that like thinking about how much dye Ramona goes through and like the quality of her hair. Like, does she bleach? Is it temporary? Like what, what's the vibe? Um, I guess she can save so much money by like just roller skating everywhere that she doesn't need like public transport usually. Um, And all of that money goes directly into the hair dye fund. Mm -hmm. Um, I also, I mean, I didn't like when he's like, She's so spontaneous. I love her. But like, why is she changing her hair without talking to me? Like, we don't like Scott. Okay. But I was just about to say that I deeply relate to him on that point. Not about someone. I I just realized the other day that I am so opposed to change and it throws me off so much. Even change that has absolutely no effect on me whatsoever. And I don't actually care about like what someone would do but like 
I get a little, I get a little panicked. <laughs> like someone like this at, at work, this lady that I work with, she got married and like her last name updated in the computer system. And I was like, who the fuck is this? And then I was like, oh my God, it's Meredith, but she just has a different last name. And for like a 20 seconds, I had to walk myself through a brief panic of, oh my God, <laughs> I I am not, I wasn't prepared for this moment. Do you often call her by her last name? Yeah. I mean, she's like a provider that I work with. So the last name is a critical part <laughs> of, of the job. So I was like, whew, got to get used to this one. Um, so yeah, that's when I realized I probably should not change my last name <laughs> when I get married if I couldn't even handle, I mean, like, like I said, I don't actually care. It's just like the function of unexpected change that I had to take 20 seconds to process this fact that had nothing to do with me. So <laughs> give me a little heads up if you're in the bathroom with <laughs> With a tub of bleach and a box of red dye. Okay. <laughs> so I can be I, I'll say yeah. the only thing that I feel like I can relate to Scott with is like once I find a fun fact that I really like, like how he talks about Pac-Man, um, that's the only fun fact I repeat in front of people um time and time again. Okay. Um the one <laughs> so I when... usually go with is um did you know that in Colonial Williamsburg there was a bathtub above the wig maker shop in colonial times could pay to take a bath in the bathtub. And as the day went on, the bath became less and less in price because they never changed out the bath water. So that's what I would tell people at a party. <laughs> that's what I have told people. At a wow. Party. I don't yeah. think I ever heard that one. Yeah. Um, wow. What if you're like, what if you're just like running late that day? You're just running late to the the town bathtub. <laughs> You're the poor soul that has to get the into the 50, brown water. Into the brown water. Blech. Yeah, yeah. I, I love modern day plumbing. <laughs> <laughs> Shout out sponsor. Shout out. <laughs> um, I also think today, I don't think Ramona would get a job at Amazon now. I feel like she is an independent retailer girly. Like she shops at thrift books. If maybe yeah. she would be like a door dasher. I feel like, I don't know. How do you like Ramona as a character? Because I feel there's also like a, like a disingenuous nature to her. Like I, I feel like if she does shop at thrift stores, she's one of those people that shops at Goodwill and then resells the clothes for 50, like 50 to hundred percent markup on Depop. Do you know what I mean? Like, I feel like she has slight mean girl energy. Like, she works at, like, she worked at Urban Outfitters and, like, doesn't like fat people. I don't know. <laughs> that's, just, that's just the vibe that I'm getting from her. I think that her issue is the same as most of the other female characters, is that she is very, very flat. Yeah. And I think the idea of the manic pixie dream girl was, like, to be like, oh, Girls are allowed to have other interests and be not necessarily traditionally feminine, and they're allowed to have quirks and and interests. Um, but then it became into like that was all for the male view. So like she's oh, quirky yeah. in a way that like is only attractive 
to men men but then she's traditionally straightforward where men need her to be straightforward um like the only time when she is empowering really is when she fights one of her exes but that's only because they wanted to avoid scott hitting a girl girl. (laughs) (laughs) um and i also thought it was weird it's a shame that like the movie with one of the most accurate portrayals of vegans as the most inaccurate portrayal of people of color. Like, I thought that the whole Indian boyfriend scene was fairly offensive. Like, the fact that, like, she's like, I only got with him because he was the only non-white person, and I was so over jock. So it's like, okay, so Ramona has a person of color fetish. And, of course, because he's Indian... He has mystical powers and his whole entire fight scene has this like Bollywood undertone mm-hmm. and there's like some like devil worshipping ideology like he sh- he has like devils and stuff and then when we get to the like Asian twins they make dragons so it's just like not amazing uh, representation mm-hmm. of the people of color. Um, I, 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 I didn't love that. Um, and there's also like a bunch of like weird racist parts, like where Knives is telling Scott, like, oh, I would love to have you over for dinner. And he's like, like what? Chinese, Chinese food? food? <laughs> and like, are you allowed to date outside your race? Hmm. It's like, are you allowed to think with your brain? It does not. Yeah, it definitely has mid 2000s uh, racial joke ideology. Right? I don't know. I do. I do. I mean, just for anyone, anyone out there who's looking, um, the good thing about being very, very single is you won't have to go through any of this. You won't have to fight anyone. Like if someone wants to start dating you. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> good. Clean slate, basically. <laughs> We're starting from scratch here, boy. Do you think Scott joins in the end? Like, do you think, because I don't think that they're going to make it. I don't believe that Scott and Ramona are endgame personally. And so imagine like going through Chris Evans and vegan guy with the muscles and then you get to Scott. (laughs) They're going to be like, yeah, once he joins the league of evil exes, they're going to be like, this one's a piece of cake. (laughs) (laughs) So who's your favorite ex then? In my personal life? No, out of the seven evil exes. Um, I don't know. I liked I liked the the bi curious, I'm bi furious now. I thought that was fascinating. Um that was but good. I think Chris Evans is where she was the sweet spot, and I think we went away from that. And also just like a woman that is like it's scary that she is so haunted by her exes and her past is is all centered around who she has dated mm-hmm. and we don't really talk about like i mean like it's like a plot device that there is like this legion of exes but we never really talk about how fucked up it is that they're like keeping her from moving on mm-hmm. um that's never it's kind of just like a joke point thing when really I think I do think that like Ramona should have been like the main character because this is about her life and Scott is just like kind of there and makes it all about him because he's in the title of the movie yeah and and that they're all brought together by her 
you really know, abusive yeah by her stalking yeah most recent ex who's plotting to essentially get get back together with her he's making mm-hmm. it so that no one else can who's your favorite ex i think chris evans mm-hmm. um mostly for his uh stunt double team <laughs> what do you think the uh the blind items on set for for this fight the what you don't know about blind items no blind items are like celebrity news that are like rumored mm-hmm. um like there are a bunch of them that have like never been confirmed or like they come out or like celebrity news will come out early on blind items and then be confirmed later like there's a blind item that like ben affleck and Jennifer Lopez, their entire relationship is PR. Oh. Or it's like friends of friends release things into the blind item. So I just and like there was the whole thing about like um all of the drama on like Don't Worry Darling between Olivia Wilde and Florence Pugh and everything that was all released in the blind items before any of it was actually in like the mainstream news. So mm. I wonder what like the blind item was on this like onset fight. Like a PA was like, yo, like this movie's not going to get finished. Chris Evans <laughs> yeah, is going like, to be in the in memoriam at the Oscars. This violates um, our union rules, <laughs> actually. Um, we were used as props to um, kill this guy. <laughs> and it was against the stunt double regulations, but... How far do you think they were in the movie? Like, are they able to reshoot or... I think they have the budget for it with with the with the facial hair and makeup that Chris Evans was rocking on that set. They definitely have it in they definitely have it in the budget. Mm-hmm. <laughs> they will make it. But yeah, do the who's your daddy stats. So Mary Elizabeth Winstead is distantly related to Ava Gardner, um, the famous um actress. Her grandfather was her cousin, but I'm not sure that helped her at all. Um, <laughs> Kieran Culkin is, of course, the brother of Macaulay Culkin. His father is Christopher Cornelius Kit Culkin, who was on Broadway. A third brother? Isn't there a third? Yeah, there's a third one, but we don't really talk about him. I don't know. I don't know what he's up to. He's not with Brenda Song, so he's not important. <laughs> that's, um, that's how you measure everything. <laughs> they or have they not been in a relationship with Brenda Song? Mm-hmm. I don't give a shit then. Right? Who's the one that was in Signs? Is that the is that the mysterious third Culkin? I don't know. And his aunt is um, Bonnie Bedelia, who you might know um, from many different things, but she's also the wife in all the Die Hard movies. Rory Culkin is the one in Signs. Ah, okay. <laughs> Who is he dating? Not Brenda Song. There we go. Otherwise, that would be real awkward. And then Jason Schwartzman is, of course, of the Coppola family. His mother is actress Talia Shire, who played Connie Corleone in The Godfather. His father was film producer Jack Schwartzman. He's the nephew of filmmaker Francis Ford Coppola, and he's cousins of Nicolas Cage, Sofia Coppola, Roman Coppola, and Christopher Coppola. I didn't know that. Brie Larson, not Nepo, but did you know that she took her last name from um, Kristen Larson, the American Girl doll? No, really? Love that for her. What's her actual last name? It's like something really like German or something. Here, oh. wait, I'll find it for you. Um, Brie Lar- I know that you're like a big Brie fan. She gets like a bad, she gets a bad rap. Yeah. Like, people just don't like her for some reason. 
I mean, I think it's just like they don't like females playing superheroes. <laughs> okay, or, um, or we could just limit that to they don't like women. <laughs> they don't like women. Yeah, her full name is actually Brienne Sidoni de Saunières. Oh, so maybe it's like French. French, or yeah. I don't know. Um, and then Mae Whitman is the daughter of voice actor Pat Muse Pat Music, who has played characters like Snappy Smurfling in the Smurfs and Harold Frumpkin in Rugrats. And those are our Who's Your Daddy stats. Nice. Nice. Um, so Brooke, do you have any like how how would you remake this movie? Yeah, I mean, we've talked about like some legit remakes of um, my biggest one would probably be, you know, reconfiguring that ending a little bit. And like I had said at the start, I guess in the, I think it's in the graphic novels as well. But the original cut was to have him end up with knives. Definitely don't want that. I want knives to be a fully formed. I want her to graduate high school <laughs> as an independent woman. Um, and I think Ramona just needs to be left alone for a while to develop a, a stronger sense of self. Mm-hmm. Um, so I and think it that- seems like she came to Canada to be her do her single life. She did. She and then this stupid boy ordered something off of Amazon. <laughs> um, but yeah, Ramona would like her to just just take take like a, a little talk therapy session, do some like journaling. Like I want her to get a bullet journal just to like figure out. You know, it seems like, I mean, not to, like, make her the, you know, not to victim blame, <laughs> but she um, seems like, you know, there are always those people, not just women, but people who, like, have to be in relationships to mm-hmm. feel happy. And I just want to make sure she's not going to end up in that in that pattern. She seems yeah. fairly young, so I feel like she needs to get a bullet journal and just take some time to... To write out who she thinks she is as a person. <laughs> she can drink tea while she does it. She yeah. Has a great selection. Yes. Um, but okay, my first remake would be to um in, in that same vein would be to just cut just a little snip snip those little two pieces in the front <laughs> that are really I think that's what's holding her back. You know, it's like she can't fully commit to the short bob look she's got these two little dangly pieces out front i think we just get her a good hairdresser and that self-confidence is gonna just skyrocket like i think that truly is just what's just having her hang on to the past and (laughs) feel like she has to be in a relationship so i think we just snip 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 those off and then she's a whole new woman Um, i think it's also it was weird when um scott was like i know that you act this way because you don't want men to hurt you and it's like sometimes people just don't like talking to people like it's not (laughs) all about you true true so sometimes maybe it's just like the hair is the protection from people like scott which in that case reinforce (laughs) she just gets longer and longer pieces of hair in the front i like that i think that's called like the jellyfish hairstyle (laughs) She can just use them as like a little curtain whenever mm-hmm. she doesn't want to talk to anyone. She just whoop, then they go in front and then you can no mm-hmm. longer see your face. So again, there's a lot of power in a good haircut, <laughs> whether we're cutting or we're just growing just those pieces. Um, but then another idea is a complete reimagining of the story itself. 
Um, and instead it's called uh, Scott Pilgrim's Smallpox Infested Blankets, <laughs> um, in which Scott is a pilgrim coming over on the Mayflower. And uh, true to his character, he is just a just a guy, just a white guy with a bunch of smallpox and a bunch of blankets. And he seems like the main character and he seems like he's uh, he thinks he's doing a good job helping out the uh, Native Americans <laughs> and he is not. Um, so, yeah, that's another reimagining of of what what we could be doing with that character it would be good to get another thanksgiving story on the board i think that's that's what i'm shooting for here because right now we have um i know there might be a i think there might be a charlie brown and then like adam's family family values i think the only thanksgiving tales thanksgiving that come movies. <laughs> we need we need more material mm-hmm. um and you the know, parade he- only lasts so long yeah, and, and some of us are not into football. Some of us are not into football. We can't go right into Christmas. So I think we have, you know, a beautiful retelling. Um, Michael Sarah has to be in it. And mm-hmm. it's just him giving smallpox to the natives. <laughs> um, and it's fun for the whole family. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, that's that's another little reimagining. Uh, but what about you? Um, okay, so I think that since this movie has like comic book and like graphic novel kind of roots. I think it would be really cool to remake it as an anime. I don't so, know. I think you're on to something there. <laughs> um I was also thinking that the best joke of the movie is the the vegan um joke. So I think we mm-hmm. lean more into the dietary restrictions element. Um, and what that does superpower wise. So for my gluten-free friends, my keto friends, vegetarian, what powers, what powers do we get? I think if we explore that. Do you um, think like the vegetarian is just slightly less powerful than the vegan? I think so. I think they can like lift slightly more, but you know, or I think, does he fly or something? I can't even remember. He does a lot. He does a lot, but it's just like, you get to like pick two. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so the vegetarian, so vegan unlimited power. Vegetarians, mm-hmm. you get two. <laughs> you get two. Gluten free, you. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. That's like a curse. I don't. Mm-hmm. Know. <laughs> so it'd be That's... nice if you could get something out of it. Keto, I'm not sure. Maybe you can make fire because they seem angry. I don't know. <laughs> They seem angry and they seem like people that are most likely to spontaneously combust. I think yeah. that's like a fact, actually. <laughs> I think like people who eat like a lot of red meat are more likely to spontaneously combust. Um, I think that's like fact. Right. <laughs> so right. they do have powers of fire. Um, my other ideas were um, he says the Pac-Man fun fact to Ramona at the party and then she leaves and that's the end of the movie. Because I think that's what he deserves. Um, And then my final one was um, Scott Pilgrim accidentally orders from an Amazon pickup location rather than delivery. (laughs) Um, And that's how the film also ends. Because that's also what he deserves. (laughs) Or Jeff Bezos himself hand delivers it. That was in the early days of Amazon. We do all of it, but with Jeff Bezos. (laughs) With Jeff Bezos instead. (laughs) 
Yeah, he um that was like early Amazon as well. So mm-hmm. that doesn't seem fully out of the question that that Jeffrey himself is going to show up and knock on the door. But mm-hmm. that would perhaps be a beautiful love story. And you then know? Michael starts talking to Wallace and he's like, when I met Jeff, he was bald and now he has bright pink hair and he didn't even <laughs> make he a, a of it. full head. <laughs> um, but yeah, and then like we could avoid the whole, you know, divorce, him having to fly to outer space to get over it. And I think we could just avoid, you know, all of those events that are too far in the future to predict. But mm-hmm. I think that would be a good pairing, a good I agree. And we let Ramona stay in her single life. She just delivers someone next door. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, so like Brooke, what are you what are you watching lately? I'm literally not watching anything other than the two things that I talked about for the last, like, three episodes. I literally am only watching episodes of Gilmore Girls and episodes of Vampire Diaries. And I cannot stress enough how wonderful Vampire Diaries is. I know you wrote the article on it, but... I actually wrote Vampire Diaries. I know you wrote the series, Marianne. So, you know, I'm a biased opinion, but it is just the best thing ever written um would strongly recommend that you watch it i am attracted to every man in this series and now i watch no it nose or no nose yes <laughs> what <laughs> paul, paul wesley has a weird nose paul wesley's little tip that's missing on his nose yes i love him i still think he's like the most conventionally attractive guy in this series but um yeah, I watch it like every, well, I'm watching it with my roommate, but sometimes she can't watch it. So, and we only watch it together, you know? So there are occasionally a few days that we skip, but for the most part, I'm watching like one episode a night and there are like eight seasons. So at the rate we're going, I'm going to be watching this for the next two years straight <laughs> with no breaks. Um, But yeah, it started to like infiltrate my dreams and I'm like having dreams about being turned into a vampire and it's just it's all consuming but in a great way I love this series um and then Gilmore Girls which I just keep watching but yeah I don't think I've watched a single other movie other than this movie (laughs) um that's it wow you've been watching um I've been watching a lot um so (laughs) let's talk about the last ones um so Murder Mystery 2 recently came out on netflix i never um, saw the first one i like them i think a lot of people don't but i think they're just like really low stakes murder mysteries with adam sandler and jennifer aniston um so love that and i think mm-hmm. like i think i think maybe when i got my first covid shot or something and i was like down for like <laughs> a good four days i just watched murder mystery over and over again while I slept and like watched little moments while I was conscious um so it's gotten me through some pretty rough times that's definitely Mm -hmm. like a like in the background while you fall asleep type of movie Mm -hmm. um all of all of the movies have a a plot twist centered around her being a hairdresser so it's very niche somehow they keep getting these hairdresser related uh <laughs> cases but um That's i think it's fun, fun. um like Legally Daddy was, yeah right 
They have a niche. Who's your daddy wise? Um, Jennifer Aniston's father was, of course, John Aniston, famous for Days of Our Lives. Her godfather was Kelly Savalas, famous for playing Kojak in Kojak and the Bond villain in On Her Majesty's Secret Service. Um, in this m- movie, there is Melanie. Uh, I don't know how you say her name. I don't know. There's an accent, so I don't know. Um, Laurent, who is the daughter of a ballerina mother and a voice actor father who dubs Ned Flanders in the French version of The Simpsons. Hmm. Um, And then I also watched Promising Young Woman, finally, which is also why I think I'm very, like, boo, men. um, Because (laughs) men are scary and they will kill you if they get the chance. Um, So I thought that was a really powerful story and i like i don't know i thought it was i thought it was great have you seen that Mm -mm. um they cast like all of the the white male actors that i'm not afraid of in hollywood (laughs) and then turn them into terrifying people so well done i'm afraid of everyone (laughs) okay good (laughs) what male actors uh bo burnham oh uh max Greenfield or whatever or the whoever's the is that his name the one who From played Mitt? new okay, girl yeah. yeah who I'm not afraid of and now and now I'm afraid not afraid <laughs> great <laughs> um so that's that's always fun um nepo wise um not necessarily nepo but uh did you know that Carrie Mulligan is married to the lead singer of Mumford and Sons and also, I did not realize that Mumford and Sons were British. I don't know. I just feel like Mumford and Sons, like folk, is like I don't know in in the West of America or like the Appalachians. I don't know. Appalachian is definitely the vibe. Um, mum. And then there's just something that just about the banjo that doesn't feel British to me. I don't know. I feel like the heart. The British feel above that. <laughs> um. And then um, Jennifer Coolidge, um, not related, but she used to wait tables with Sandra Bullock. Um, and um, Molly Shannon um, is a um, was born in Cleveland, Ohio. So I just thought hey. you would like that. <laughs> Shout out to Cleve. <laughs> yeah, I mean, in Cleveland, when she was four, her dad was under the influence and she got in a car crash that killed her mom, baby sister and cousin and all in Cleveland. So maybe look out for that. That sounds like every driver here in Cleveland, honestly. Um, And then I'm back on the the Brendan Fraser filmography binge um, because A Case of You was finally free on Tubi. Um, And that was one of the worst movies I've ever seen. Um, Also similar white men I'm not afraid of that I'm now afraid of. bad? Oh, no. Yeah, Justin Long is very unassuming but it's basically like the movie is he becomes obsessed with this woman who works as a barista at his coffee shop and he knows nothing about her so he finds her on Facebook and decides to use her Facebook profile to become his her perfect man and read all of her favorite books and watch all of her favorite movies and go to all of the places that she likes to go to on her Facebook. Um, And then he gets mad that she doesn't like him for who he is or like doesn't know anything (laughs) about him when he hasn't told her anything about him and makes it all her fault. Um, So love that. I mean, I also love the fact that like I made my 
Facebook when I was 13. So good <laughs> luck finding any usable information on there. Um, you'll probably that's get that. So I funny. like, oh, like I probably I think I like the page on Facebook. That's like when the teacher rolls in the TV in class. So good luck. <laughs> she likes the classics. <laughs> um, Justin Long's mother was a stage actress. Evan Rachel Wood is also in it. And both of her parents were actors and ran a bunch of theater stuff in North Carolina. So she started out doing a bunch of made for TV movies filmed in North Carolina And then Busy Phillips did attend Loyola Marymount University at the same time as Colin Hanks, and they dated for a while. Hmm, I love Busy Phillips. Right? Um, And then I watched Ingrid Goes West. Mm -hmm. Um, So also a 2013 film um, with Aubrey Plaza playing this, like, influencer-obsessed woman who also tries to use social media to, like, become her best friend. Um, which is less creepy when she does it somehow. <laughs> um, oh, you had a very specific theme. <laughs> I know. Um, and it has Elizabeth Olsen as the influencer, which like, how would you not be obsessed with her? Um, but obviously her sisters were our Mary Kate and Ashley Olsen. So her first film roles were in their movies. It also has Wyatt Russell, who is obviously the son of Kurt Russell and Goldie Hawn, making him half siblings with Oliver and Kate Hudson. Um, and his grandfather was actor Bing Russell. Um, and then there's also O'Shea, O'Shea J- Jackson Jr., who is the son of Ice Cube. So there is some some nepo in that. Um, and then show-wise, I've been watching Jury Duty. Um, have you heard of Jury Duty? Isn't that the one where there's only one guy that's not an actor? Mm-hmm. Everyone else yeah. is. So he thinks that it's like a documentary yeah. about Jury Duty, but everyone else is an actor. Which I think is fun and it's really low stakes and good to like watch in the background. What I will say is that they do a really bad job of setting it up where they don't like they don't explain how we got into this situation. And so everyone on TikTok is like, he's clearly in on it. Like there's no way he's this dumb when they're like cameras all around him. Uh-huh. But they don't actually explain in the show that like he he responded to a craigslist ad that was like we want to make a documentary about the jury system Mm -hmm. um and so like there are a lot of things that he says that's like i want to make a movie about the movie that's being made here that doesn't really make sense unless you know that backstory (laughs) so it's basically you have to research the show to understand what it's about so don't love that but james marston plays like this really Mm -hmm. obnoxious version of himself and it's fun um, and then documentary wise, I watched Pretty Baby, the Brooke Shields documentary on Hulu, um, oh. which I thought was good. And it touches on a lot of like Me Too, um, child pornography and like the sexualization of of children, um, as well as like postpartum depression. Um, and I thought it was, I mean, like, it's like astounding that Brooke Shields survived any of of what she went through and then like there's also one part like which is not like obviously the point but Tom Cruise is just so freaking creepy um when she like came out as having like postpartum depression and like no women are talking about this so I really want to like just like let you all know that like this is happening to me and like my doctor suggested medication for it and there's no shame of it it doesn't make you a bad mother um 
Tom Cruise, for some reason, he was like, I'm a Scientologist and um, those pills are bad. And it's just because she doesn't care about her child and stuff. And they all didn't of her date or anything, right? No, he, he just, just like, he just like well, felt like he needed our... to talk about it. Don't and Scientologists have like, didn't Katie Holmes like talk about how, like, what a birth looks like in the Scientology? It's freaking crazy that like they're not supposed to scream at all. And that you basically they believe that if you don't have like a completely natural unmedicated birth where you're not allowed to scream that any other birth is considered like evil or something and that it's bad and and like you have to hide it from like the people in your community. Otherwise, they'll like know that you got an epidural or something. So it's freaking scary. Probably talking about Tom Cruise, man. I mean, that is at least a a white man. I came in to the situation afraid of and left afraid of. <laughs> You're like, nothing's changed. I see him in the exact same light. <laughs> oh, boy. Yeah, so that's what I've been up to. Um, Brooke, any last thoughts of about uh, Scott Pilgrim? I don't think so. I'm definitely going to watch it again just because I feel like this is a movie I need to get acclimated to. <laughs> <laughs> to go in knowing what to expect but yeah not really any further thoughts but you guys can find me on instagram as b reesey cup and twitter as reesebrook one um and yeah maria where can they find you and where can they find the pod um they can find me at maria schwarz everywhere and the pod at remake hot take everywhere we are sex football. One, two, three. End. End. <laughs> Bye. Cut right there. Oh, I feel like people are going to get mad. This just seems like I one know. where people are definitely going to have hate comments because this movie has like a cult following. But that's okay, babe. Uh, bad press is still press. <laughs> Leave those hate comments. You know what I'm saying?